Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Happy Halloween, everyone, or if you have already celebrated it uh, this past weekend, uh, taking your kids out to trick-or-treat, that's good, too. But happy Halloween, Julie. Thank you so much. It is exciting, and I'm seeing lots of fun stuff on our Facebook page that I'll share in a second, but happy Halloween. I know. I love it. I love seeing our members who are embracing the opportunity that even though a lot of people are trying to uh, you know, slow down, that they are realizing that this is and should be and always should be their best quarter of the year. Fourth quarter, everyone, should be your best quarter because so many of your competitors are literally not going to work, not attentive, drive past your, drive past all of your real estate, competitive real estate brokerages midday today and count how many cars are in the parking lot and you will, uh, my point will be completely validated. So this time of year when everyone else is giving up, I want you to drill down and frankly work with more intense focus than you have at any other time of the year. And yes, it's counterintuitive. Oh, Tim, it's getting colder. The leaves are falling. Oh, Tim, it's the holidays. It's this, the other thing. Well, guys, here's the thing. Every single research that study that's ever been done has shown that, yes, there's fewer houses for sale. And yes, those houses do take a slight, slightly longer to sell, but they do sell for closer to the original list price or as a percent more than they would sell in the spring. So the idea that a seller should wait until the spring if they have to sell, it's crazy. They'll make more money now because there's less competition, and the buyers who are out looking are more motivated. We've done shows on this. There's lots of content to validate what we're saying. If you guys are in the midst of it, was all of you should be talking with expireds today, talking with expireds tomorrow. You're going to have a lot of people. Hell, everyone's going to say, I'm going to wait until after the holidays. Please remember what I told you, and Premier Coaching members, make sure you use the content because the script is very simple. Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that you want to wait for after the holidays, and you know what? I hear that a lot, and that might be the mess, best move for you. But let me ask you a real quick question. Is your goal to make the most from the sale of this property? Is that one of your top priorities? And they'll say, yes, it is. Well, then if I could show you beyond a shadow of a doubt that having your house for sale now would actually result in you making not just a little bit, in some cases a lot more money than if you'd wait to the spring, would you still want to wait? And then you're going to get into, they're going to say no, of course, and then you're going to get into the conversation of proving it to them. And like I said, we've already done that research for you. You can also find this information. Actually, I think we uh, did an article about this. It's on timandjulieharris.com. Um, and then you're going to have to talk with them about their other fears, which are going to be basically the showings. Mr. You know, they're going to worry about how many showings are going to happen and remind them there's fewer showings this time of year, but they're better quality and the houses generally look nicer because they're decorated. And then you're going to ask them and they're going to say, well, what if someone wants to buy it and get me out by Christmas? And you're going to explain to them because generally speaking, there's fewer houses to uh, choose from. The sellers, generally speaking, are going to be in more control of the transaction, and they're going to be able to dictate the close date. So you could hypothetically, Mr. Seller, uh, close and then lease back from the buyer for 30 or 90 days or 60 days or whatever, whatever works out for both parties. So whatever their fear is or whatever the rationalization is to work in the, uh, to wait till the spring, 
I would suggest to all of you guys, and there's over 100,000 of uh, regular listens, that you're going to discover that in most cases, if you just help them to identify the fact that the beliefs that they have about not having their house for sale now are absolutely invalid, that they will want to have their houses for sale now. And, and again, that goes against what a lot of you believe to be true about the real estate market. But if we were to cut through all the bullshit, you'd probably accept the fact that probably the reason that most of your competitors and maybe even you don't necessarily want to be aggressive this time of year is because you just don't want to be aggressive this time of year, not because there's not to be business to be had. Right. And here's the problem ultimately. If you guys coast this time of year, you're going to pay the price in the spring. You're going to pay the price in the early summer. And that's what we're trying – that's what we're fighting for right now. We're fighting for all of you to have a fantastic start to your year. So that starts with what you do now. So if you want to have a slow, crappy, you know, more some uh, a springtime, then don't do anything for the rest of the year. If you want to have a rock star year, not just spring, if you want to have 2018 be your best year ever, you guys got to be going after the business. And today is the 31st of October. Obviously, tomorrow's the 1st of November. And every market and ev across every country or across every state, you are going to find lots of expireds. If you're not finding lots of expireds, expand the area in which you're looking. Do not accept your own excuses to be lazy, guys. Please listen to what your coach or your future coach is telling you now. So, Julie, you have some shouts and some people you'd like to recognize? That's it. Yes, and thank you for reminding them about what we have always called expired palooza, the changing of the months. The ones that have to sell right now, and believe me, some of those expired, they can't even believe that they expired. They don't, it's like they're blindsided, and they have to sell. Those are the ones who are going to relist immediately. So don't kid yourself that there's not enough to go around. Just had to have that little mini rant. All right. So Indeed. on our private Facebook page, we have a great uh, picture from Mr. Mark Conan, and a post. He says, good morning and happy Halloween, everyone. Mark Conan here with Remax First in southeast Detroit. Now, if anybody has an excuse to be fearful of the uh, endemic weather and the changing of the seasons, here's a guy that could very easily say it's too cold to be doing anything, but not Mark. He says, uh, let's see, he's, living, uh, he's giving out full-sized Hershey bars and his card tonight. Uh, it says, selling your house doesn't have to be scary. I live in the neighborhood and would be happy to help you with all of your real estate needs. Very cute little packaging for trick-or-treat night. Uh, last week, he gave out the trunk-or-treat bags to the parents and slipped his card into them as well. So he's been using this for this whole ramp-up to the week. He's using this as a part of the new PTA and is working with many spokes in the area. Usually I'm door-knocking expireds and for sale by owners during the premiere calls, but I catch up later on what I miss. I'm down 22 pounds. He's doing the TFW challenge. 22 pounds. Nice. And I have three listings, two closings last week, two coming up this week, and six more by the end of the year already. Thank you so much for all of your guidance, Tim Harris, Julie Harris, and Coach Rochelle. So thank you, Mark Conan in Michigan, for posting that and inspiring some of your colleagues. And uh, Coach Rochelle actually posted where you can get those custom-made uh, Hershey bars for future use, you know. It's not just Halloween cool. where you want to be doing your pop buys and things like this. It just makes sense candy-wise that we're doing that now. Also, Tim, this is something you might speak to. There's a little discussion going on on Facebook about how to provide value when you're on the buying side taking clients to new construction. Obviously, it's better to be the listing agent and being the one who's listed the new construction, but when you're on the buyer side, Yes, absolutely, you can provide value, and you should be. It's something that we talk about in Premier Coaching. Is there anything you'd like to speak to on that? Or maybe we can post later in, in Facebook, but that's a no, kind I, of a hot topic today. Well, okay, well, here's the bottom line. If you're taking a buyer to new construction, just get out of the way. Just sign them in, register, and get out of the way. 
don't think you have to value, uh, to offer your just keep your gap shut, stay out of the way. That's the bottom line. That's it. Yeah, you don't need to go in there support. and act like you know. Right, but you don't you don't need to do anything. That's the beauty of new construction. You're not supposed to do anything. You're supposed to just basically be there, introduce them to the new build rep, and uh, if you you know if you want to continue uh, attending all the extra meetings beyond that after they decide that they want to purchase that new construction house. I don't know why, but if you want to, go for it. But really, people buy new houses every day. You have no thing, you have vir- virtually nothing to contribute to that conversation that the new build rep, who is not licensed 99% of the time, they just work for the builder, so there's no agency issue. So your goal, your job, is to introduce them to the new build rep, get registered as representing them, and if they choose to purchase with that uh, particular new build rep, that's it. You're done. Bye-bye. And then wait for yeah, the I think it's a good, That's the truth. It's a good opportunity to educate yourself further on new construction product and inventory and to make friends with that new build rep so that you can, you know, get the referrals of their resale business and all that good stuff. But don't step on their toes because you might piss them off and then you don't have that relationship. Don't interject yourself into the process. You don't need to bring, Julie, that question, the essence of that question is this typical agent, mm-hmm. new agent problem where they think they're supposed to be basically walking justify. into houses when they're working yeah. with buyers and ju- try to justify their commission. And you guys do not make that mistake. Your job is to open the – read your real estate license. What does it say? You know, your job is not to be a home inspector. Your job is not to basically be an expert on plumbing or wiring or decorating. Your job is to literally keep your mouth shut and walk them around the house. That's it. And there's an old rule. If they like the house, you love it. And if they don't like it, you still like it. So, in other words, you do not say anything bad about any property. If you guys, again, I don't want to go on a diatribe about buyers. There's a lot of information on um, on our premier coaching site, and we've talked about uh, working with buyers a zillion times on this podcast. So just go to iTunes, Stitcher, or our own website, and you can get more information on that. But the moral of the story is is that your job when working with buyers is not you know, to basically stand in the way of them making a purchasing decision. When you're working on the new construction side, your job is absolutely to not stand in the way of them making a purchase decision. And don't think you have to interject yourself into the process because you feel like it's a lot of money for doing nothing. It's not going to be easy every single time with every single transaction. And you guys are entitled to the occasional ridiculously easy transaction. Those are, as Julie likes to say, gifts from the real estate gods. They have a tendency to show up yes, one in every bar. Yes, you're right. So you'll get an easy one about one to every 15 to 20 deals. If you've not had an easy one yet, you just need to keep plugging away. Then you'll get somebody that calls you up and says, will you write this contract? Or will you list this house? Or just things like that happen as long as you keep your oars in the water and you're constantly paddling. All right, Julie, so let's get in. We're talking about – do you have anybody else you want to acknowledge, Jules? Nope, we're good. We're good. So back to our Ford conversation. Yes, so Ford, and listen to the first part we talked about this yesterday. What Ford stands for, then we promised we were going to get to the questions, so we're just going to get to the questions. But what it yep. stands for, and this is, a, this is your conversation outline, and this, I, I hope I drilled down on this enough yesterday to have everyone understand that a conversation outline is something that all of you should have, uh, even if you are a natural people person and an extrovert who thinks that you're really good with people and you might very well be, what we want you to do is be extremely good t- communicating with folks that you know and those that you don't know. And the best way to do that basically is following this Ford outline. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily the best way, but it's a great way to keep yourself in check 
and the, the real takeaway rule here is everyone's favorite topic is talking about themselves, and everyone's least favorite topic to have to participate is talking about you. So your job, if you want people to like you, is to show sincere interest in them through questions and then avoid talking about yourself like the plague. Make it so when you, you feel yourself, hear yourself using a personal pronoun like I, make it so that you almost feel sick because they don't want to hear it. And if you're not just in a sales environment, guys, but in life in general, you should experiment with that. Try, not having a, try having a conversation where you don't talk about yourself, where you don't try to direct the conversation back to yourself. When you're talking about Halloween or you're talking about a transaction, you're talking about whatever you're talking about with anybody, see how much you battle internally within your, within inside your own ego because your ego wants desperately to be the center of the attention of the conversation and to direct the conversation back to you. And you should avoid that because when you do and you become a really good question asker, you all of a sudden are in rarefied air in the minds of that person you're talking with because – and this was the last final point from yesterday, and then Julie's going to get to her questions – because there's so few people in our lives nowadays that show a sincere interest in us. How many people in your life right now actually ask questions, <laughs> of, you know, actually trying to get to know you, ask real questions, and then follow up those questions with more questions showing that they're actually ask, or listening? That never happens. It's become this, you know, our society may be largely fueled by this look at me, you know, social media trend with, that's just basically narcissism, you know, in essence, it, in voyeuristic type, you know, mentality. People always think it's okay to talk about themselves in excess, and it's not. Nobody wants to hear about you. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to keep it real. So focus in on talking about them and asking them questions, showing interest in them. And this Ford, uh, uh, you know, which has been around forever, this concept's been around forever. Do follow the Ford conversational outline, and you will find that you all of a sudden, like I said, in the minds of these folks, become something special because when they're around you, you show sincere interest in them, and nobody else does. Not even their you know, mom does. Everyone just talk about themselves. You guys notice this? If, you, if, if that makes it through your head, even the slightest bit, it could be a potentially massive change in how you communicate and how you get along with other people. And you'll become one of those people that just attracts business to them because you're one of those people that people want to be around because you make them feel good because you're asking people to talk about their favorite topic, which is themselves. You guys get it? That's what this is all about. So, Julie, let's just jump to the questions. That's right. So keeping it practical and applicable, the next logical question would be, well, how do you get them to talk about themselves? What is the actual pattern? So remember that FORD stands for Family, Occupation, Recreation, Dreams. These are your talking points. So family questions. If you know their family, here are some questions. How are uh, Bobby and Susie? Insert their kids' names. If they don't have kids, how spot the dog? Okay. Uh, how's Pumpkin the cat that belongs to uh, Joe Jackson, our agent friend in Columbus, right? He always posts on Facebook about Pumpkin, so I might ask him, how's Pumpkin doing, right? Uh, have you always lived here or did you move from somewhere else? That's a family question. How were your holidays? What was the best thing your family did this year? How was Halloween? What were, how did your kids dress up? These are questions that do not create a yes or no answer, they cause somebody to talk about themselves, about their family, what's important to them, and it's not a short conversation. It kind of breaks the ice. So if you don't know them, you can just modify the questions. Do you have kids? Uh, do you have pets? 
Have, and again, you can use, have you always lived here or did you move from somewhere else? That's a great question. And I always tell coaching clients, Tim, if you're nervous about this pattern at all, use it in a normal, safe environment to you. Like maybe the next time you get your hair cut, you could practice some of these questions with somebody you kind of already know. So you can see how easily and how well this works. So occupation questions. Now, this is where the beauty of Ford kicks in. Occupation questions. Now, if you hey, know hey, where Julie, they work or be, what they do. Julie, Go ahead. before you get to that, I want you guys to be very clear. Even in a conversation with somebody, if all you talk about, remember Ford's family occupation recreation dreams, if all you talk about are the family-type questions and you never get to talk about real estate, that's fine. Okay, don't worry about it. Just focus on the family-type things. If, you, like, you know, if you're at a Christmas party, a Thanksgiving party, or trick-or-treating, and you're walking with some, maybe some neighbors or some other kids, you know, parents of some other kids that you don't know, if all you talk about is family stuff, that's fine when you're getting to know somebody because that is instilling in them, them that you are an interesting, caring person who is asking questions about the thing that mattered most to them, which is usually their families. You guys get that? Be careful that you're not just trying to pivot the conversation and talk about your occupation. Right. Do not brag about real estate. Do not brag about yourself. Do not talk about your ding bad awards. Do not talk about any of that stuff. They don't care. All that stuff. I'm the is, number one this and the eat. number one that. Yeah, they I'm don't care. That means that. nothing. They don't care. Yeah. That means nothing to them in the marketplace. Consumer, look, guys, real estate awards, if you've ever thought about this, are not for consumers. They're actually for you to feel good about yourself or try to impress other agents. Home, homeowners don't know what those things mean, right? You know, so just be very clear in your mind when you're, you know, when you're around somebody and they're showing a sincere interest in you. How does that make you feel? It happens so infrequently. You're going to have to. Some of you reach back, you know, decades. The last time you had a conversation where someone was like showing sincere interest, and I'm not talking about your doctor who's getting paid to ask you questions, you know, or your psychologist or even your coach. Those people are all paid. I'm talking about a real sincere conversation with somebody who is just basically getting to know you. That is such a rare, beautiful thing. Um, so that's it, just be very clear before you pivot and talk about occupation because that is going to be the magnetic pull for many of you. Make sure you don't rush through the family stuff because the family stuff is where you're really going to instill or, or create a long-lasting relationship with these folks. So, Julie, did we yeah, you're, you're right, Timmy. You make a huge point. Because, you know, our more direct drivery types are going to just say, well, why would, I, why would I waste my time talking about those family questions? I'm just going to cut to the chase. Don't do that. This is a pattern. This is not a menu where you choose what you like. And I also don't want you to make just a list of these questions and fire them off without listening to the answers. So thank you for taking that pause and, and showing them that. So occupation questions. Now, if you do know where they work or what they do, you can just say, how are things over at ABC Corporation or wherever they work? Is your company still loving the relocation to Austin? Something related to the company. What's new at ABC Corporation? Are you still working there? How do you like it there? What's the best thing about working there? These are all conversation questions. Yes or no answers create, uh, kill conversation and create a sense of awkwardness. Another secret is expect a reciprocal question. This is the best part here. When you ask about their job, and you know it's great if you know where they work. If they don't, you can just ask them what they do for a living. The reciprocal question is, they're going to ask you, what is it that you do? They're going to, or if they know, say it's a past client, they're going to say, how's real estate? 
always be positive. They may also ask, what is it you do for a living? You need to have that answer. Real estate is great. Again, always be positive. Even if you had three deals come apart on you today, they don't care. You always want to be positive. Real estate's great. I've been so blessed to be able to help so many people. In fact, I've set a goal of helping at least three more families buy or sell real estate in this next month or so. Who do you know who could really use my help? Remember, it's who go. do you know, not do you know, because do you know, they're not going to think about it. They're just going to say nobody comes to mind. Who do you know well, causes them to think? Go ahead. You know, you can also build on that, too. You can say, like, who are the two or three people you know that I should be helping buy or sell real estate in this market? The helping part is the other part that's critical. And all of you, no matter how introverted or you know, unfamiliar you are with sales, you're con- you can say that. You can ask that question, right? That's harmless. It's painless. Sure. And, and people like to answer it. They like to think about, who do I know that you know, when you frame it like that and you say, who are the two or three people? You watch how quick they reach their cell phones and try to look through their little list of people that they yeah. know of who they might be look- thinking about buying or selling real estate. I mean, guys, it really does thing. work like that. It's not rocket science. Yes. That's right. So expect that question and rehearse your answer. Very important. Real estate's great. I've been blessed to help so many people. In fact, I've set a goal of helping at least three more families buy or sell real estate in the next month. Who do you know who could really use my help? Memorize it. All right, next. Secret. Remember to send thank you cards and gifts whenever people send you referrals, even if the referral doesn't work out. They don't care. You want to reward them for the gift of reciprocity, giving you something. Now you're going to, at the very least, give them a thank you card for that. So on to recreation and dreams, which oftentimes you don't even get to because the real estate conversation will get legs on its own, which is kind of the point. But you still need to know how to maneuver amongst these other questions. Recreation questions. What's the best thing you did last year? How is your snowboarding, skiing, playing soccer, acting at the theater, volunteering at your kid's school, hiking, crafting, whatever you know they're into? If you don't know what they're into, what do you like to do when you're not at work? Tell me about that. What are you looking forward to most this year? Any great vacation plans or imagined? Go ahead. What was the coolest thing that you did since the last time I saw you? There's a great conversation starter. You can use that for anybody. Like when when you run up to somebody that you know, just, you know, and again, what will people do? They'll talk about themselves. They'll talk about their family vacations. They'll talk about things that matter to them. And then you guys just sit back and ask questions. And even if you never got to talk about yourself and your ego is going to be all like, oh, I didn't get to talk about myself, just put your ego aside. Tell your ego to take a chill pill. And uh, just remember that you have had more of an impact on those people than if you'd spent a whole bunch of time talking about yourself because you made them feel good about themselves and they will remember you favorably. That's it. Now, dream questions are also a great place to talk about real estate. You can start out with something easy like, what's your New Year's resolution? Have you thought about that yet? What's the best thing you're going to do during the holidays for you, your family, etc.? What would happen now? Here's where you can get into real estate. What would happen if I find you a great rental, flip, move up, etc. property? Just to get them thinking about that. Here's a question. If you didn't have to work anymore, how would you fill your days? A lot of people are going to come right out and say, you know what, I've always been curious about buying rental property. What do you know about that? Is that something you can help me do? You know, I've been looking at a lot of property online. It happens all the time when you start to open up these questions this way. But you can see that leading with that question isn't going to make a lot of sense if they don't already know, love, and trust you as you first, you the real estate professional second. You can't really skip any of these steps and make this pattern work. So 
word to the wise for the impatient types. This works best when you actually do it in the order that it's in, starting with the family questions, to your point, Tim, and then moving towards occupation questions. So that's so how you can get in and out of those, converse, of those sometimes awkward things that these guys don't open their mouths about because they don't know what to say. Go ahead. The interesting thing is, is this is a relevant conversation topic for uh, grizzled veterans who think they know it all, who are the top producers, who are the best in their offices, who sell a billion houses per year. This conversation is actually more relevant for you guys because you guys are so deep into your own heads that you actually think people are thinking about you. You actually think and you actually believe that they want to talk with you about real estate, and you've lost contact with the, you know, how people actually really are wired. Because to be a top producer, you have to be obsessive. You have to be completely and totally wrapped up into your, the accomplishment of your goal, and you forget how to communicate with normal people. Guys, we were there. We sold real estate. We know what it's like. It's sometimes uncomfortable when you're selling hundreds of houses per year, and you all of a sudden find yourself in a you know, situation where you're at a Christmas party or whatever, and you're talking to a lot of you know, folks for the first time, and guess what? They're not real estate people, or they're not people that are buying or selling with you. You've actually forgotten how to communicate at a high level with people that you don't really, you know, aren't doing a deal with, basically. And when that happens, if you don't, if you, if you let that go, you're just going to basically, you're going to essentially not become, a, you're going to lose your effective edge. You're going to lose your ability to uh, attract new people to you. So you're going to seem very, almost too introverted, and you're going to almost, you're just not going to be somebody people want to be around. You guys have seen that happen with a lot of uh, people that experience any kind of success because to be successful you really do have to be obsessive you have to be you know you have to have a you know uh, the type of uh, obsession that maybe some of you are intimidated by having maybe some of you've never experienced it before the level of obsession you have to have uh, with regards to accomplishing your goal and when you get on that when you get in and some of you guys have been working intensely for this whole year most of you have and when you're in that zone of of keeping your mind totally and completely obsessed with the accomplishment of individual goals, what happens is you do sort of lose contact with the rest of reality. Do you guys understand what I'm talking about? Do you feel what I'm talking about? It happens to all of us. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, if you're you know, an, an actor, or it doesn't matter. You do get into this little world where you forget how to basically be around other people. And if you spend a lot of your time on social networking, you totally and completely don't know how to talk with people because you're just used to doing these little fake so. conversations online versus actually having real conversations. So that's all the whole point of Ford. Uh, it's one of the topics we talk about usually a couple times a year, but uh, definitely go back and listen to this podcast. Listen to the one from yesterday. So look, guys, here it is. It's the last of the month, and tomorrow's the first of the month. Every single one of you, whether you're involved in our uh, TFW mastermind or not, you need to be drilling down. You must be taking action on uh, making fourth quarter, you know, frankly, the start of your fantastic 2018. Go after the expired. Some of you have never done it before. It's easier than you think. Those of you who have done it for a long time that have gotten off the horse, get back on the horse. Those of you who are already in the zone who want me to stop telling other agents to go after expireds, I'm almost done, so don't worry. Uh, don't worry about it anyway, because most of the people listening are probably not going to take action on it. Oh, a little antagonistic there, Mr. Harris. <laughs> I was that intentionally. I want you guys to challenge yourselves. Yeah, well, I am. So challenge yourself. Don't let this opportunity, don't let today and tomorrow get by you. If you've never contacted an expired before, just contact one. If you've contacted expires before and you're a veteran, double up on the number of contacts you're going to make. Guys, look, most people, 
are going to be more than happy to talk with you about the fact their house didn't expire because they're not getting slammed with a bunch of other calls like they're going to be, say, in March, April of next year. This is the perfect time to be calling. People are in good moods, generally speaking, this time of year. So call them, make contact with them, follow the scripts, and please take action on this. Guys, if there's anything we can do for you, please feel free to email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Another quick reminder, thank you for making Harris Rules the number one international bestseller that it is. You guys have all helped to make a dream of really a lifelong dream. Julie and I both had a reality. We are going to be, we have signed a contract to write another book. And the next book is going to be on what many of you have told us you want us to write the book on, which is going to be about money, accumulation of wealth, how to create it and how to keep it. That's what the next book is going to be called. It's going to be called Harris Rules. Uh, you know, the cover, instead of uh, being red, is going to be green. That was Julie's idea, green as in money. And the topic of the book is going to be very tactical and practical. It's going to be very to the point, no surprise there, of how to basically accumulate it and how to keep it. Um, a lot, and we're going to cut through all the bullshit that is out there with regards to money management. There's a lot of – I've Julie and I consume books like crazy – and a lot of the stuff, I think personally, is written by financial people. It's the books are designed to be confusing so that you'll basically cry uncle and just end up basically paying a financial advisor to manage your money. And remember, guys, those guys are all, uh, you know, they're commission salespeople. So we're going to be writing a specific book on how you can, not on how you can earn money, because that's what Harris Rules was about, but how you can actually keep it, as in taxes, as in other sorts of decisions like that, and then how you can invest it, and then how you can multiply it. And then the whole goal, I would assume, is for you to feel to have the sense of freedom that only comes from being rich, where your money works for you, and you no longer work for your money. So that book, we're going to work our asses off to get out by probably third quarter of uh, 2018 so we can have a, uh, a launch in August, September like we did this year for the new book. So that is uh, a book that we're going to take on because all of you have seemed to show a high level of interest in that particular topic. And, you know, every time Julie and I do a podcast, that's, uh, uh, Julie, what was it, level or Chapter 17, I think, in Harris Rules that talked about this? I'll check. Is that right? It's right in front of me. I'll Actually, it's right in front second. of me too. I should have just looked. <laughs> this is right in front yes, of me. Yes, it's called so, The Master Plan to Financial Freedom. Uh, yes, it is. There it is. The master plan to financial freedom. Uh, and it's, and rule number 17, rich is where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. So this is going to be pick up where, uh, rule 17 left off. And so we're really excited about that. So Julie and I's minds are filling with, you know, what we want to include and what we don't want to include. But again, this is for those of you who want a master plan that goes beyond basically the normal real estate jib jab about how to, you know, list houses and how to, you know, attract business to you and all that good stuff, which is all valid. Obviously, you need money. In other words, you need money to invest so you can actually have your money start working for you. And that's what this book is going to be about. So um, if you need a free coaching call, as many of you do, go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. In the meantime, if you guys want to listen to any past podcasts, there's literally thousands of them, you can go to timandjulieharris.com. They're also on iTunes. They're also on Stitcher. Um, and if you guys want to be part of the Mastermind, I should have mentioned this, there's still time. We still have two solid months left of Mastermind for the uh, TFW, uh, which stands for Total Effing War. No, I did not swear, so do not send me nasty emails. Total Effing total War, and that's going to be uh, every Friday at 10 a.m. Central. In order to be in that mastermind, it costs you nothing. You don't even have to be a premier coaching member, but we do um, expect you to have purchased the book from Amazon, which is Harris Rules, and also we prefer uh, that you have also left us a five-star review. But don't leave us a fake review. Please leave us a real one. 
uh, after you've read a chapter or two, okay? So that's it. And once you've done those two things, just email help at timandjulieharris.com, and someone from our customer service team will send you the login information for the mastermind. All right, guys, you have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. Happy Halloween. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.